0: And welcome in to the training camp report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda Yeah man. I'm waving here at Wesley Euler here. I need my uh I need my sheet. Where's oh my sheet? boy, okay. I, Meanwhile, I
1: spilled coffee all over the place as we
0: went on <laughs> oh, the air. There it is. It, uh, it would have bit me. It would have bit me. Had I, it was underneath my computer somehow. I'm, like, ah. I'm waving and gesturing for Wes to bring it to me. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to wrap up all the day's events here over the next uh, two hours. And, uh, Mike, really the only event today for the Steelers was the fact that uh, Kevin Colbert spoke this morning. A big deal because he doesn't speak very often. He does not and had plenty to say. I actually – I. Yeah. I at the beginning of it, um, when when uh, he was introduced by Bert Louton, the uh, Steelers' uh, director of communications, um, Bert said, "Okay, guys, if you want to uh, you want to raise your hands here, and we'll get the uh, we'll have uh, Kevin answer your questions." And I texted him. I said, uh, or I said, "If you want to have your questions answered by Kevin," and I texted him. I said, "Are you sure Kevin's really going to answer any of our questions? <laughs> is this is this going to be something different than normal?" Uh, but I thought he was reasonably forthcoming today
2: you know guys I think he said a lot by not answering some questions and acknowledging the unknown and I think a lot of the things that we've been wondering about uh, in relation to the pandemic and have those altered uh, what they're thinking and the way they're going about their business which is normally very consistent in the Steelers organization you know the big news if uh, if we can call it that uh, I thought was that Kevin Colbert said he didn't really think they were going to alter that policy of not uh, offering contract extensions once a season begins. And then uh, also in the conversation was a reference to that potential $175 million salary cap and Kevin Colbert saying, well, uh, we're basically operating under – we're going off of what we know and we understand a lot of things can change, but right now this is this and that is that and the other thing is the other thing. And, uh, you know, I thought that was revealing. I think uh, maybe, Dale, maybe I'm not reading this uh, the way you are, but the way I read it was that uh, everything's pretty much on hold, and if you don't get your contract extension before September 14th against the New York football Giants, well, maybe it's going to have to wait until the end of the year, and then we'll find out who wants to be a Steeler and who wants to explore free agency and, and who the Steelers really want to bring back. But uh, a lot of stuff up in the air, and I don't I don't think they're into – uh, trying to guess where uh, the wind's going to blow, they're just kind of going with the flow right now.
1: Did you also get the indication that there might not be any deals between now and the fourteenth?
0: Yeah, that was really my take out of that. Mike was that I don't expect them to sign anybody uh, yeah. between. Uh, yeah, now that's now what and then. I was alluding to. Yeah, sure. I mean yeah. because I, I think you know when you look at their cap situation for next year, uh, nearly fifteen million dollars over that hundred and seventy-five million threshold. Uh, if, if that's the number that they're working off of, they're not going to assign somebody to a deal that, that's going to increase that number.
1: Right. Put them deeper in debt. Put
0: them deeper in debt. I mean, again, that's I, I, as I said today early, on our earlier show, that's like you know going out in, uh, and buying a, a new car and then coming back uh, six months later and saying, yeah, I want to trade this thing in on something new. Well, it doesn't work that way. You're going to have a bunch of uh, negative equity and that would be what the Steelers would be doing right now. It would be creating more negative equity uh, based on what they know or at least what the, what they're being told right now the uh, salary cap is going to be.
2: Yeah, and he emphasized a couple of times, including uh, I, I think that was you that asked him about the floor uh, and how it might affect half the league right. if it stays at 175. And uh, he said, where it goes, nobody knows. We have to try to operate with what we know. And uh, that was revealing to me. You also, uh, th- this is not quite headline news, but I thought it was significant. Uh, you guys have probably heard, as I have, uh, the theory being expressed in the media by fans wherever that you know the Steelers gotta gotta cash in now because there's so much uncertainty next year. You know, this is their great shot, maybe their last great shot to win a Super Bowl. And Kevin Colbert said, "We're never going to sell this thing out completely." Hmm. Um. They don't go all in. They want to. They want to be knocking on the door every year. So if you're thinking they're going to load up and hey, the hell with uh, down the road and we'll deal with that later. Right now, we're going to push all the chips into the middle of the table. That's that's probably not happening.
0: Yeah, I mean that's their idea. They they do want to compete every year. Uh, you know whether that actually comes to fruition or not. Uh, sure. You know is, is is you know depends on a lot of different factors. Uh, but but you, they're
1: not going to trade draft
0: picks and max out
1: their credit card. Right, they're and just not going to get everybody they possibly can. Yeah, they're just not
0: going to do that. And and honestly, I don't know what what else they would do this year. In terms, I mean, maybe a tra- especially with the cap space you know, available. There right. Is, yeah. Unless much. you're going to you know trade another first round pick for another Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, that's sure. Just, do that again. That doesn't come along every every day, but. Uh, I, I certainly thought the Or even thing, the
2: re-signing of guys, you know, the settling right. down of, you know, secure Cam's future, secure whoever else's future. Yeah, that's, you know, that's probably going to have to be down the road.
0: Yeah, and, and the interesting point of, the, of this whole thing, and I think, you know, kind of what I was alluding with, to with Kevin there when I asked that, uh, that follow-up question was that, yes, I mean, there are 14 teams right now if that cap is at $175 million, who are not only over that cap, But many of them are grossly over that cap. Like the the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles are $90 million over that $175 million. And they're talking about re-signing Zach Ertz or signing Mm -hmm. him to a contract extension. Uh, We're seeing other teams who are over that cap. The Kansas City Chiefs handing out contracts like they're like they're chicklets in the off
1: season here. But a lot of people around the league are getting signed. I mean, big-time guys. Brian right. Baker becomes the highest-paid safety. Kenny Clark signs a big deal. Yeah, yeah. the
0: Texans are way over that uh, that number. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are way over that number. I heard that the Sean Watson contract could happen any minute now, too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and Dak's still out it, there. And Matt and know? I have talked about this a lot, that I'm, I know for a fact that the, the NFL and the NFLPA are going to have to sit down at the end of this season and hash out what the what the actual salary cap is going to be. They know the floor is at $175 million. They know that. That's what's already been negotiated. What they don't know yet is what the revenues from this season are going to be. And so, therefore, they are going to have to sit down and come up with a new cap for next year. And it's my belief that with 14 teams being over that cap already and another, I think there's five more, who are less than ten million dollars under that cap, meaning that they have essentially just enough money to sign their draft picks and nothing else. You're talking about two thirds of the league being essentially handcuffed going into the off season. That's not good for the league, and it's not good for the NFLPA either. It wouldn't also shock me if even before that, Halloweenish, you know, midway through the
1: season, something like that, a new number comes out. The minimum the cap can be next year is 185. You know, I mean, we might, we might get new minimums. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I think they'll wait
2: yeah. on
0: that until the end of the season, just to, and just maybe, do it maybe. once. Mm-hmm. But I, but I think the
2: owners and you know, I think anything's on the table. And uh, the point about it not being good for the PA or the league, I think, is uh, the you know the compelling factor here. And uh, you know the the PA may not agree, but I think the NFL does a pretty good job as a league of doing what is best for the league and. You know, it's their league. They don't have to follow their own rules to the to the letter of the law. They can change it in midstream. You know, it's extreme circumstances, and uh, you know they can come up with some creative math and uh, and figure out a way to kind of get past this, and uh, you know maybe uh, uh, temporarily alter the way things are done uh, for the benefit of all. But uh, you know, the Steelers apparently aren't going to count on that, and uh, that's probably a wise thing to do. Just uh, you know, take it day by day. Week by week, month by month, and, and keep evaluating where you are and uh, make your decisions accordingly. Yeah,
0: I mean because if you look at it, Mike, when when you know we were having conversations in the spring after they after they signed the new agreement, the new CBA, I um, mean you know, there were there were people talking about well that you know this the, the cap could go up to as much as two hundred and thirty million dollars next year, right. and, and uh, you know teams are like oh, okay we're going to have all this money, uh, and then of course the, you know every you know COVID kind of. Drew that to oh, a standstill, sure. and I think it affected free agency. Obviously, it affected the draft, but it's going to continue to affect things down the road. And I think you know, if if I if I know anything about Kevin Colbert, it's this: he never makes a move until he has to.
1: Yeah, good point. And it's kind of the Steeler way too. You right. know, like I'm sure some people are listening, going, "Man, that's being really conservative. Teams are, are, are signing guys. This league's full of money. There, it's going. The cap's going to go up." Or they'll, you know, take a loan out against future caps and help this year, and that might be true. But the Steelers don't have to do anything, and, and until they know, then they can start talking, and, and they can still have conversations with agents for a while, and you know, figure out what neighborhood these players are asking for. And hey, I mean, you hate to say it because he's such a popular guy, but what if Cam has a
2: terrible year? <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't mean all their guy, all their, all their values go up. Well, it's funny you mentioned people might be listening because Cam might be one of them, and he might be thinking the same thing. You know, the last time we heard from him, uh, he talked about and I'll paraphrase, uh, yeah, I understand the pandemic shut down a lot of things, but the business of the NFL is being done, and I'm sure he was referencing, you know, all those contracts you guys were Yeah, and that weekend was the Kenny
0: Clark deal. Uh, Nose tackle gets a massive deal from the
2: Packers everything was on hold for a while, but then it started to shake loose a little bit. And I think cam was uh, probably thinking, all right, how about now? I mean, I've been patient on this. We're getting close, but, uh, it's atypical typical times. And, uh, you know, I wonder if that, uh, north of 30 things coming into play too, as great as he's been, uh, they're pretty calculating and, uh, they have a way of doing things and they value players the way they value players. And, and if the players value is way north of that, they're not opposed to saying, okay, we can't, uh, we can't continue. Yeah, time to move on.
0: Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting, and obviously something that uh, you know we'll be watching all season long. Uh, I, I did, you know, again when I, I think I had what maybe the second question. I think you had the first question. I had the second question, and 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 I, you know, that the the question about whether they're going to renegotiate deals or continue to negotiate once the season starts was was foremost on my mind because everything else has been kind of so outside the norms this year that, that, uh, you know, maybe they throw that away this year and, and do it. But, you know, for people out there not understanding why they don't negotiate during the season, um, you know, it's, it's, you were there in '93 as well, Mike, and you know that it, it, it was a problem for that team. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It was, you know, you had Adrian Cooper coming out at the end of the season and saying, "Well, I was, I didn't do, I didn't play quite as hard, or I was, you know, whatever. I was distracted because, you know, they weren't no, talking I was pretty about- close. I, I think it was I
2: didn't <laughs> play quite as hard. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can't remember it verbatim, but that sounds right, Dale.
0: Yeah, and Donald Evans was upset that you know they didn't talk to him and they were talking to other guys on the team about extensions. It causes bad blood. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me not to. You upset to.
1: Adrian Cooper and Donald Evans. Well, yeah, but, oh, I, but I mean, if know the how they thing went is.
0: On. I don't know how that was a
2: 94 season. I,
0: <laughs> you know, if they were to say, hey, we're going to continue to negotiate with Cam once the season starts. Well, then what is, what is you know, what do Bud Dupree and Juju Smith-Schuster and James right, Conner? Right, right. What are they thinking yeah. about that? Right. No, you're 100% thinking right. They
2: think, they think a lot less of me than they do Cam. Exactly. And, and, and while that may be thinking. true. And it may be true, but <laughs> yeah. that'll all bear itself out. You know, yeah. You don't have to confirm it. Yeah, you don't have to confirm it. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> but you don't think he's got. It. You guys don't think he'll get a deal
0: before the season, though. I I really don't. After listening to what Kevin had to say today,
2: okay. yeah, I thought it was going to work out. And I thought it might even be one of those last-minute deals, but uh, you know that's happened before. But the way Kevin sounded today, and sometimes it's not what he says, but how he says it that uh, really tells you. Uh, where they're where they're going and what they're thinking and uh i, I thought he acknowledged it was very upfront that on a lot of this stuff they have no idea what's going to happen and uh they're gonna they're gonna you know circle the wagons around around what they're sure of and hopefully you know they can expand that circle
0: yeah and one thing they are sure of is that they have a good team that they can put on the field in 2020 and uh, they'll go they'll look at 2021 Down, once right. this is right, done sure yeah. And, hey, if they go win a Super Bowl and they got to pay guys a bunch of more money than what they uh, – Good problem to have. It's a good problem, yeah, for sure. He is Mike Persuda, That's Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe they should just go to PNC Bank and get a big loan. Yeah, and uh, use that get for with the cam. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> back up the <laughs> truck. Uh But uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. the elevator. This is the training camp report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda And uh, earlier today, Mike, Kevin, uh, and uh, Matt, we we had the opportunity to uh, to talk to Kevin Colbert, and uh, he was asked a lot of questions in regards to scouting in yeah. the COVID situation. As I as I reported last week on dkpittsburghsports.com, um, the NFL is still not given teams the OK to scout practices.
1: Come to come visit campus and all. Yeah, that. Right, 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 They can
0: go to games, but they can't go to the practices. And you know that may not sound like that big of a deal for.
1: They're pretty close to the players John when you go Coup- there, though. Yeah. And you're walking
0: around the facility, and you you're talking coaches to coaches and secretaries yeah. and people. Yeah, the cleaning or, you know? lady and hey, what's right, this right. kid like? And and so you're get, this year is going to almost be the exact opposite of what you had last year because with the opt outs. You know, they when they shut things down in March with the scouts, they didn't get to have any of the on-field workouts. Very few of them took place.
2: Mm-hmm. And you yeah, had a handful by. of handful of pro days, yeah. early ones. Yeah, right. This a, year, a, a couple couple of visits, not yeah. not many. With the
0: with the guys opting out, uh, and, and Kevin Colbert talked about this today. That hey, I, you know, these guys that opt out, I'm probably if we're if we're looking at two, you know guys, uh, you're going to kind of favor the guys who actually played football this year. Sure. Those guys who opt out are going to be the exact opposite of what they had this year. They had all kinds of game tape on guys this year, but no on field workout. Right. For those guys Interviews that opt out, that, right. it's going to be the exact opposite. They're going to have all this on, they're going to have the on field workouts, but no game tape. Right. I hadn't thought of it that way, but
1: it's like the total reciprocal. I mean, it's like the total opposite. And the game tape's just old. You know, I mean, right. you don't know what these guys are And people change a lot at that age, too. I mean, you know, all the workouts they're
2: going to be doing in the meantime. Uh, it's going to be really. We're not doing. We're not doing <laughs> yeah. right. You really don't know. You know, it's. Uh, it was an interesting uh, couple of takes that Kevin had on that. Dale, as you alluded, he said, uh, "We're more comfortable evaluating a player that plays in 2020 than one that doesn't." And he also talked about uh, all the hurdles they're going to have to jump over, and uh, the lack of information. Uh, you know, it's comparable to last year, except quote, "This will be even more difficult." And then uh, he also threw down the 1974 draft gauntlet again. Uh, I, I thought that was fascinating. He kept he kept ramming that home to his guys, uh, the personnel department. Last year, he did it uh, multiple times publicly. I wonder how many times he brought it up in the meetings. Uh, there are no excuses. We have to do the best we can. Under the circumstances, and in 1974, there were no pro days. There was no this. There was no that. They drafted four Hall of Famers and signed another Hall of Famer as an undrafted free agent. So, uh, you know, I don't want to hear it. Get it done was the message last year, and it's going to be the message again this year. I don't care if you can't fly to a game. I can't care. I don't care if you don't get to talk to the strength coach or the cleaning lady. Uh, figure it out, and uh, that's that's one area where. Uh, Kevin Colbert has uh, never blinked. You know, he's a personnel guy at heart. He's, he's a general manager, but he's a scout. And uh, his guys are scouts. And their job is to find the players that the coaches coach and win with. And uh, he Miami's never loses necessary. sight of yeah. yeah, he never loses sight of that. And I think, I think that is closest to his heart. You know, um, if, if, uh, if they hopefully many, 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 many years from now – if they put on his tombstone, Kevin Colbert's scout, I think he'd be okay with that. Yeah, I'm sure. And hey, you can't go to campus, but
1: the phones work. You can text your buddies. You have all this game tape at your disposal. You got you got some some resources here. At some point, you'll get a forty. You know, you're going to get. It's not like you're totally flying blind.
0: Yeah, and you, you know, as we talked about during the draft process last year, I think like, once again. This favors the teams that have the veteran scouting staffs, the guys who do can make you know pick up the phone and make that sure. call, who have a trusted voice inside, you know uh, that the locker room at Alabama or LSU yeah. or that Bill know, Nunn conversation, uh, we North had with Carolina A and T,
1: you know, knowing everybody yeah. and, ha- and telling people people trust you and you trust them,
0: that's invaluable. Yeah, and so uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, imagine being—you've—you've uh, you've talked about this before, Matt—that that guy who's a first-year scout. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. And you know, I mean, I was you're learning you're thrown into line, this right. situation. Sure. Hey, find me out. Get me some information on this kid, huh?
1: <laughs> right. I mean, I'll tell you what I think of him on tape, and the general stuff that the the pro liaison tells you—that he tells everybody—but I'm not going to get any scoop.
2: Right. It's just not going to be there. No.
1: And some of these guys, um,
2: yeah. I mean, how do you it, – it's one thing for a pro to take a year off. You know, there were questions with Le'Veon Bell. How's that going to affect him not having played in a year? <laughs> mm-hmm. A college guy in a, in developmental stages, you, you trust some guy from Tennessee that had a good sophomore year and now he hasn't played in an entire year? Do you really know what you're getting even even when you look at the tape?
1: That's interesting. I mean, I often say if I'm pretty – if I, if I'm at the top of the list right now, I'm opting out as opposed to playing in – the, the spring, or maybe at all. But when it all comes down to it, maybe that's not the answer as a player. I mean, first-round players might become second-rounders.
0: Yeah, you can you you can you I mean? can, you can lose stock as well. I counted, I went and looked at the uh, AP All-America team that came out earlier this week. There are six guys who have opted out already off of that list. Mm. Um, now, you would assume that since they're preseason All-Americans, they're pretty good players. Sure. Um, you know, I would expect that the, uh, some of those guys who were playing in the spring, and, and I don't, I don't blame the guys who are whose teams have made the decision to play in the spring, for opting out. No, I don't either. I, I think that's the right move to make. I don't think that prepares you well for your rookie year. Yeah, I mean, you're going to play. play you're going to play ten college games, risk the potential of getting hurt, mm-hmm. uh, and then go ahead and go enter the draft. And if you don't get hurt, you're going to end up playing twenty six football games in a year. You're Come the league, not well rested yeah. either. You're body, yeah, you're going to yeah. be beaten up. Um and, and the only thing that, the only real things that can happen there m- most of them are bad mm-hmm. you know you, you tear an ACL or you you know rip your shoulder up or any any of this thing like that that's going to ruin your stock you're going to go down you you go from being a, a a surefire first round pick you tear that ACL and all of a sudden somebody's taking you in the fifth round if they take you at all
2: what we've, we've also talked I, I, I think it's going to I think it's going to depend on what you think of your your position I mean. um a guy like uh, Makai Becton, he's not going to get any smaller by not playing, right? <laughs> sure. So fact, that's he's, a, he's
0: probably only going to get bigger. That's or a, yeah. a really good player
2: that's
1: also too short. Well, he's not going to get any bigger. You know what do I have to yeah, do? but yeah, I mean,
2: right. that's a cream of the crop guy, and that's what he's going to be. But what if you're that late first rounder? Or what if you're mid second? Or what if you're third, but you think you can move up? You got a, you got a decision to make, don't you? Yeah, and
1: uh, we talk about this a lot too. I mean, you're. Right now on Todd McShay's board, you're the number one guard. Well, those other guards are going to put tape together and get better and get stronger. And while you're sitting at home yeah. watching, and we, we've mentioned this many times, look at the guy. look at these quarterbacks that have gone the last couple of years. I mean, Burrow, Kyler, Baker, and Wentz went second. Those are the last four top two picks. None of them would have been close to that off the, yep. the film that they yeah. had before their
0: final year. Not even close. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting um, thing. You know, the, the other thing that we're going to miss out on, uh, and, and you see this a lot, like when I'm looking at tape of guys um, and there's some websites out there that, you know, here's, here's five games from sure. this season. Or you can YouTube them or yeah. Or, or, yeah. I'm immediately, you know, okay, when LSU is playing Alabama, I'm watching that game. Oh, yeah. Because there's pros. I, I want to see what this guy does against other top-notch talent.
1: No doubt. Like, when you go into school, you want to watch at least four games. Or if you watch a guy, it doesn't matter if you go into school or not. You want to watch at least four games. You don't want to watch four in a row. You want to watch one at the beginning right. of the year, one at the end. And you want to find the best competition. And, and a lot of times that, that, that competition
0: or... comes in some of the bowl games or if, if yeah. teams are in the in the uh, the you know the championship rounds of, the, of their uh, conference or any things like that. Um, we're not going to get to see – uh, what's what happens to the Rose Bowl this year, Mike?
2: Good question, Dale. Uh, <laughs> wish I could tell you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but that's you know you would see
0: uh, USC against Michigan State, right? An Something, unfamiliar I, yeah, opponent yeah, an unfamiliar too, opponent. Right. Some, you, know. so
2: you you assuredly would not.
0: <laughs> well, maybe not, not this year, but you, you get what I'm yeah. saying there. You you'd see a team. Different styles, and, and okay, so the Pac-12 is more of a finesse type league, and, mm. and they, you know, throwing the ball more. Okay, well, let's. What happens when they play Iowa or Georgia? Or, Yeah, right. Those, something yeah.
1: that's very foreign to them. Yeah. no, it's
2: absolutely very valuable. And you and, just uh, Matt, you're not going to get in that. those rooms. Those those games carry more weight, right? I mean, that's not just a media thing. But... I mean, you certainly want to see the best
1: competition. You know, I mean, yeah. if if you know that this receiver is going against a top corner, you're definitely watching that. You know, I mean, if it's um, a game. I mean, the means tape
2: against Alabama more. is weighted differently than the tape against Austin P. Yes, without question. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you better dominate against Austin P. Yes, <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yes, <laughs> you better be really good. Um, although if you dominate against Alabama, that's,
2: that's really not good so bad too. either. Yeah, that's not so
0: bad. But yeah. just it a lot of those matter things. much what you did
2: th- against Austin P. If you dominate against Alabama, correct. <laughs>
0: But the other thing that we're going to miss here with, with some of these guys opting out, even though their teams are playing, is there's going to be less of those premium matchups. Oh, without question. I mean, you're, you're taking, okay, each year, uh, if, I'm, if I'm the starting left tackle at Pitt, I may face three future NFL defensive ends a year. Sounds reasonable. Yeah. Right. Well, if, if two of them opt out, not only do they get one, mm-hmm. and, and so you're, you're kind of losing. a better chance
1: in your bowl game you would have got one, too. Right, and there's a,
0: ch- right. a good chance that would have happened. And so everything's a little bit more watered down. So, you know, yeah, you're getting to see these guys on the field, but what are you getting to see mm-hmm. on the field? And you mentioned. And it's guys. not
2: just the kids that, that are affected by this. What uh, Say there's uh, the 2021 Alex Highsmith. What if he he doesn't get to play Tennessee or Auburn or anybody? Those Mm non-conference games are
0: often, in many cases, off the the Does he go in
2: the third round? Is is a team such as the Steelers that knew it needs to get a guy at that position that can help? Where do they they go instead? Uh, How does that affect the entire draft board? I mean, there's a lot of layers to this stuff.
1: And it's only one piece of the puzzle. I mean, you mentioned the Rose Bowl. Maybe there will be some kind of Rose Bowl, but there's not going to be a – Blue Bonnet Bowl and a weed whacker bowl, Just and, teams. you know, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's weed eater bowl, <laughs> right? <laughs> the
0: pull on weed eater bowl, uh, weed but, whacker <laughs> bowl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it's going to have a trickle down effect across the board. I, you know, uh, I think I think Pitt announced yesterday finally who their opener is going to be against, and that's I think their only non-conference game. Is it no, uh, no, against no. Austin P? Uh, once again, we're, we're Referencing Austin wasn't P. really uh, that,
2: must have been why that was in my head. Maybe that, uh, yeah, maybe
0: you heard that somewhere, but um, yeah, yeah but Narduzzi, it, I heard it thinks Austin P. should be ranked in the top 25. <laughs> <so crazy. laughs> you know, who he doesn't think should be ranked in the top 25?
2: <laughs> Michigan State. I don't, I don't believe that uh, Michigan State is ranked in the top 25. They are huh. not, no, that's you a, know, who else yeah, isn't yeah. in Pitt. Pitt. Yeah,
0: we'll see where they're at at the end of this all, but that's you know, it's just the whole thing is weird. And, and there's no guarantee that these conferences that are delaying playing till the spring that anything's going to be any better, or that it'll actually happen, or that it'll actually it might, happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. What if they decide, hey, we're not, we just can't pull it off? Yeah. I still
1: think there'll be more postseason things, though, like an extra Senior Bowl type event. Well, that's, that's, know, that's great kind of again,
0: but it's it's one still. You know, it's only 50 it's a week guys. of workouts yeah, right, yeah, guys. and okay. Uh, do I draft this guy? He looks good in shorts, mm-hmm. you know. Running around on the field. And we're not tackling at the Senior Bowl that week. Cause.
1: No. I mean, at least they'll do some football stuff. I mean, more combines don't help you as much as, hey, I'd like to see a bowl game or, you know, a, a senior bowl game. All type star game. Yeah, yeah right. An invite game. But it's just, it's. Even gonna...
2: some of those low level all star games are, are, are valuable. That was uh, oh, Kevin yeah. Dotson had a, had a real good game in, uh, I forget which one he was in. East but, West uh, Shrine or one of those? The yeah, one of those. Something like that. A... an
0: invite to the Senior Bowl. Senior yeah. Bowl, But yeah. not to the I mean, Yeah. That's. But they should have more
1: of those, possibly. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's 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 going to be a There'll fascinating be thing. Again, uh, you know, there are so many books or 30-for-30s that could be done out of yeah. this whole situation. That uh, And some good things will come of it, though, too.
1: I mean, Kevin, I'm sure, two years from now, i will be like, Remember when we learned that
0: year? You know, that we we didn't have to spend as much time doing X. And... Well, you know, he's talked about that a lot actually already. That they, they've learned that maybe they don't need to fly all the scouts in for for the the pre combine meetings and all those kind of things. They can do those via Zoom, Zoom. yeah, as opposed to having it. You know, taking the time to have your scouts on a plane for you know two days. You right, know, right, Mark right. Bruner's in Washington. You got to fly them across country and have them come and fly in for you know a, a three hour meeting before you then head to the combine. Yeah. Just have them go to Indianapolis. We'll meet you there. That being said, though, I mean, I think there is some value to getting those
1: area scouts in the building because it doesn't happen much even on a good year. I mean, the, to get, build some camaraderie, to know what the team's about. I mean, those guys can kind of feel distant, you know, and not really as part yeah. of the team. They're off in Washington. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind it's, of how I feel here at my house. <laughs> you the, uh, You're missing all kinds of good slamming stuff Slamming down cheesesteaks and pizzas <laughs> and having <laughs> – Having the camaraderie and the teamwork, and I'm just out here floating around in Westmoreland County. Just You'll find a, us some players. Just a just a voice in the air. I'm not really part of the team. <laughs> yeah, we got to do something to take, uh, to change
0: that, but uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, we're going to take a break. He is Mike Persuda. Uh, I'm Dale Lally. Uh, he's Matt Williamson. And uh, you are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be right back after this. I can picture Mike Pursuta windmilling right now. <laughs> That's a in great his entrance. Basement. Were you windmilling, Mike? You bet your back <laughs> spot I was. Oh,
2: I love the Who. I love the Who.
1: That's a great entrance to the I got
2: a great picture in my basement. I used to know a guy that was a photographer for the Pittsburgh Press, and I went to a Who show there. It was around '90, I think, maybe '89. I was at that. I was show. there at, at Three Rivers Stadium. And he got a picture of Pete Townsend in the air, and he's got his feet tucked up under his butt, and his his arm is up in the windmill, <laughs> and uh, it's just it's a classic shot. I remember, uh, Daltrey throwing the microphone up and then grabbing it and screaming. Uh, the, the standard move. Uh, that was. So well, those were the days. Man. Those yeah. were those the were the days. days we could actually go
0: to concerts and do those kind of things. Actually, I remember that night that like they turned off all the lights and, and did behind blue eyes, and you just had the the spotlight on Daltrey. Three of us all might have taken a leak next to each other. We may have. Night. You're Right? We may have. <laughs> didn't I didn't even, I didn't
2: know Mike back then. Those were the days. And I've right? known
0: Mike for a long time,
2: but it was uh, just before uh, just before it was it was either '89 or '90. Um, man, that was a great show. Um, a lot of fun. Matt uh, put the scouting hat on again. John Entwistle, greatest bass player of all time. Pretty strong. Not my area of expertise. I mean, there's two things in the world
1: that I'm extremely bad at, and that's like building, construction, doing anything like with my hands, and understanding or creating music. I have no musical. I know what I like, and I tap my foot and have a good time, but I know so little about music,
2: it's unbelievable. <laughs> in that case, let me confirm for you that John Entenberg is yes. the greatest bass player of all time. Better than Rush? Oh, God, yes. A, yes, yeah, yeah. Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: not going to be popular. This is being Steelers Nation radio and all. And, and, of course, Yenzer's loving their Rush, but... Yenzer's love Rush? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're yeah. the most overrated band I do of too. all time. They all sound exactly the same. It's just right. awful. They, yeah. they, they are highly the overrated. Getty Lee screeched like a parrot. Red Barchetta. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: awful awful if stuff. you choose not to decide you still have made a choice oh yeah, i get it yeah i'm not a fan either
0: anyway so it's sticking the with same. the uh, the kevin colbert uh, theme for today's show uh, usually when we have these meetings with kevin colbert at training camp we're back in the pod and we'll do a little session where Kevin will come back, and there's there's usually about, I don't know what, six to ten to twelve of us there in the pod, Mike. And he'll go on the record with some things and off the record with some stuff to, to kind of... The off-the-record stuff is more... Procedural. Procedural stuff. Like, okay. okay, these guys are eligible for the practice squad. These guys are not. that not Just like the kind of change. housekeeping this stuff. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's not like, hey,
1: we're thinking about trading Big Ben. <laughs> Nothing like that, no. Right, <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: Nothing like that, but... Um, he was
2: asked today about said practice squad. Mike, did you ask the question about the practice squad? By me, because we, we had talked about it on uh, one of these should-be award-winning programs in the yeah. last week or the week before, about how will it be more of a deal where you want guys who are NFL-ready and you can you can plug them right in because you might lose three, four, five guys because of the COVID, or are you still going to use it as developmental guys? And you know if you really have to put them in, you will, but you'd, you'd prefer not to. So did you guys get the impression that they will keep a few
1: Crash Davises, I like to call them, you know, like really good minor guys. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I think that's the, that's the, I didn't get that
2: impression. He said it. He He said said it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The two guys he mentioned were uh, Curtis Riley and Wendell Smallwood. And I said, I'm not saying these guys, you know, are destined for the practice squad, but uh, that's why we signed these guys that played in the league and uh you know we've already established Curtis Shore the finest picker that ever played the blues <laughs> i think he's on the i think he's, he's on he's on the roster yeah
0: i think uh, but
2: when wendell, wendell smallwood might be you know if you want to keep mcfarland uh up with the varsity i don't think he uh, you got, got wendell mcfarland smallwood.
1: I to put him on the practice squad so i to scoop him up
2: yeah i think i think will for, they in this oh, in this time would fourth they 4th round pick?
0: i'm sure somebody had a grade on We I mean, you saw uh, for example the the dolphins waved injured uh Weaver the uh, defensive end out of Boise State mm-hmm. yesterday and the Browns immediately him. claimed him I mean they, they, I'm sure that you know if you at this point you had a grade on a guy that was decent and he gets cut loose you're probably hey give him a try. we've got a
2: we've got an expanded practice squad too mm-hmm. we can put him on yeah, there you're probably right so but the point being that they're gonna have some NFL guys on that practice squad absolutely and maybe that's yeah. a Ray, yeah. maybe that's a Ray Ray McLeod area could be um, I can see some small Ward Fitting the bill, though. It's yeah,
0: you know, I, I think you see, you know, and, and it's interesting they signed both of those guys as soon as they got the camp, like that was almost immediate. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they the, the NFL increased that practice squad to from uh, twelve to sixteen players uh, because of the the COVID situation, and you've always had some veteran exemptions there. And, and Colbert said, you know, in the past when we were signing guys to futures contracts in the off season, um, we would look at that, you know, and if the guy didn't have practice squad eligibility. We might not sign him because he's either going to make your roster or he's going to get cut, you, and, and you can't, can't do anything else anywhere, with him. Yeah. So essentially, you wasted your time with him in camp mm-hmm. if he doesn't make your team. Yeah. Right. Well, now you can carry some of those guys because you, you have those extra spots. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. I'm I mean, I'm pretty interested to see how
1: teams allocate those resources. Will there be any veteran quarterbacks? You know, like what positions are they going to use? How many offensive linemen are they going to keep around? Are they going to look at their practice squad almost like a a JV team for next year, or are they going to and and maybe half of it is the Crash Davises of the world? You know those.
2: Yeah, I think it's JV team for this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Remember too, you you may need those guys. You can
0: expand your roster on game days to fifty-five players as well without passing those guys Mm -hmm. through waivers. So some of those guys on the practice squad, even though they're on the practice squad. Could be up on your active roster on game day.
1: I also wonder how it affects with the Steelers in particular. The XFLers they signed, you know, like they at least have some more football recently that you could judge. It goes you know? back
0: to what he talked about. What we talked about in the previous segment. The guys he he saw those guys play football this year, mm-hmm. and right, so good point. You know, and so that's who they they went out and signed a bunch of those guys. Um, I don't know that any of them have, have particularly stood out in this. Camp. I haven't heard any buzz on yeah. any of them, but, but you know they like, you know they found guys going that route in the past, uh, but it's it's it, it's all uh, you know. I think every team is doing this kind of. I, I don't want to say by the seat of their pants because they are giving a lot of thought to this stuff, but they're all taking different tactics. Yeah, with this whole
1: situation, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some really interesting conversations inside the buildings of. Let's put two quarterbacks on our practice squad since we can for next year's camp. Yeah, you or, heard. You know, what I mean? you know, you
0: heard Bruce Arians early in the process say, "Hey, we may take a quarterback, and he may be on our practice, or we could just tell him, hey, you go stay at home.'" Yeah. Or a <laughs> quarterback. Yeah, yeah. break yeah. it. You know, we'll, I, I, we'll break glass if needed. You know that kind of thing. Didn't
2: somebody say they're keeping two kickers? Was it the Bears? I believe so. They just signed it Cairo Santos. Yeah, signed lately. Yeah, uh,
0: and that's another thing. I mean, do you want to use one of those twelve spots on a specialist mm-hmm. or two? Um. You no. Know, if
2: you need one, you need one, right? I right. mean, uh, you can't get one quick it, off the off the street. It's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out. Somebody's going to figure it out, right? I mean, somebody, right. Somebody is is going to do do it the way. Uh, and I'm not. Even, I don't even know what way that should be right now. But it's going to play out, and, and it's going to work out for somebody. And then everybody's going to go, Ah, oh, we should have done what the Seahawks did, or the, right? You know, you know, whoever. Because it's, for somebody uh, else, Belichick. it's not going
0: to work out. There's going to be a game this year. That some team is going to be in this, uh, and maybe their kicker tests positive Friday night, or, or the starting quarterback, or, or you know somebody of prominence uh-huh. that they can't immediately replace, and it's gonna it's gonna be a you know really interesting situation. I know the league has done a great job in terms of keeping. Uh, I mean, we had the, the the blip on the radar Saturday with the with the false positive tests, but I can't think of a single time since they've gone to camp. Where somebody has tested positive hasn't derailed
1: while anything camp. yet. I mean, but to your point, we definitely could see a tight end playing tackle for a game or something. There's like, that potential. I mean? It's right. there. It's, it's real. Something weird like yeah. that, right? It's definitely. Could
2: we real. possibly see? And I, I, I wish nobody any kind of ill will or illness or anything. But. Could we possibly see an offensive lineman place kicking? Little Jerry Kramer or Luther oh, Groza style kick, straight, kick it on. straight ahead? You know, <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do it. We don't have any. Can you make a sixteen-yard field goal? You know? <laughs> Try it. That would be phenomenal. Who would that know? guy
0: be with the Steeler? Big Dan. I Big don't Dan, go out oh, there and boy. kick. It. <laughs>
2: oh, wow! I, I like wonder if banner. anybody's trying that. Like, just you know, you're the. Eighth emergency guy, just you know, kick a few. Well, it's funny you, you mentioned
0: that because they, you know, we we saw uh, on Saturday, Cameron Kennedy got hurt for the Steelers at practice, and they had to put Vance McDonald in to finish the special the team snapping, session. Really? They were working on punting that day, and he was the He was the long snapper, and it was not real pretty. It wasn't James you don't notice when it's right. You it wasn't James Harrison wrong. bad, but it was. Not a big drop-off, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a huge drop-off. I mean, it, and so and I asked Mike Tomlin about that after practice. He said, well, we got, you know, we got Vance, and we've got, uh, he, I think he says, Wisniewski does it, and yeah, Ramon does it, or I'm sorry, uh, Marquise Pouncey does it. Um, but not Ma- doesn't mean well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Pouncey wasn't available, and Wisniewski, I guess, wasn't up for that. They, were, they used Vance
2: McDonald that day, and he? <laughs> I would think Ben you know what is they pretty say, high. You know what they say, Dale. If you have three backup long snappers, you don't, <laughs> you have, don't one. have one.
1: Yeah, I would think Ben's pretty high on the punning and kicking death chart, just because everything he does, he does well.
0: The problem is, though, then he's got to cover it. Unless you just tell him to kick it out of bounds. True. You don't want him running down and covering. Right. A someone gets a free shot at seven. <laughs> right.
2: Good point. But I want to pun- see okay. an offensive lineman kick. I really want to see an offensive lineman kick somewhere. <laughs> It could happen. It could definitely happen this year, and
0: uh, yeah, there is going to be. I think this is going to be a season unlike any we've seen in NFL history. And man, if that costs somebody a game,
1: oh man, uh, yeah, uh, especially a crucial one or a playoff game. Again, like we
0: again, we saw it in two thousand eight with the with when James Harrison had this long snap. It cost the, the Steelers a game against the Giants that year. That was a good Steelers game. They won the Super Bowl,
2: mm-hmm. uh, and it. Cost you know who else money. couldn't do that? Mike Webster was terrible at it. Was he? Yeah. And it, was a, it was a Hall of Fame set. He put one in Lake Erie one time in Cleveland. It mean, wow. I mean, looked they like didn't... it was shot out of a cannon. I mean, it just kept going.
1: And go, it was in orbit. <laughs> he probably didn't do a whole lot of shotgun snaps in his time either. I can't remember. I mean, I, I would don't bet don't think not. he ever
0: did. Right. I think it's a little before that. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's there's a reason why those long snappers are on scholarship in, in college.
2: You've heard my long they last, And these guys last 18 years, you know, the good ones. I mean, they they stick around. Mike, to me that's the easiest way to get a football scholarship in the world. Like if you
1: if you're out there and your son is starting to crawl and you and mom have a little bit of athletic ability, if he starts long snapping now, you're gonna be one of the you know, nobody starts doing that early. Nobody grows up being wanting to be a long snapper. But (laughs) if you can tell your son that's gonna be two twenty ish to start long snapping before he can really even run or walk, he's gonna make he's gonna get a free ride somewhere. Especially now, you can't even hit him. Right, right, yeah. right.
2: You know they used to get blown up. That was what you had to endure. <laughs> but they, they, that's out the window. You just gotta bend over and hit a target. Yeah, quickly I mean, though. Quickly, <laughs> you gotta put quickly. your ego
1: aside to say, "My I aspire to be a long snapper and just yes. that." But hey, he gets you a free ride to Austin P. Do it.
0: Greg Warren had a nice long career. Heck yeah, once
1: you're in, it's hard got, to get out. Got
0: a, got a couple Super Bowl rings, just mm-hmm. being the long snapper. Nothing but he didn't grow up being him. a long snapper,
2: I bet. Kendall <laughs> Gammon, what right. was he in, like 20 Ken-
0: years? Yeah, Kendall right. Gammon played forever uh, and has made a career. He's, he's still in the media in Kansas City, uh, made, a, made a career out of that. So, yeah, if you can do it, he's uh, yeah. um, starting even out. even had is. a nice
2: a, nice appearance on HBO or something.
0: Uh. <laughs> yes, he did uh, with the uh, naked. <laughs>
2: a little locker room shot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I remember t- telling him about that. It was on Inside the NFL, and, and uh, I mentioned to him the next day in the locker room, I said, hey, Kendall, we saw a lot of you. Full oh, body? Hey. Full body. <laughs> Now they yeah. use the they use the 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 opaque, out thing yeah yeah the but fuzziness. Was, he's standing there and they opaqued his crotch area, <laughs> okay. but you can see the rest of it. And I said, "Hey Kendall, we saw a lot of you on HBO Inside the NFL." They, they went into the locker room right after a Steelers win and Cowers in there he's talking out to the Trooper. Right? And he's standing there naked, right next to Cower, and he said, "Oh, that just wasn't good for anybody." That's, That's, <laughs> wow. So he it does. Was you right know, about that. He, he was definitely right about that. He was not a handsome man. Hmm. I bet you Christian McCaffrey could kick. Yep. I would be willing to bet that would be the case. Yeah, you, you'd probably find some some of your better athletes. I bet, I
1: bet Pat Mahomes could do it. I bet some of them were ki- the, the kicker in their high school team, too. You know, like, no one wants to grow up being a kicker, either. No. I guess soccer, you can always call so, steal someone off the soccer team. Yeah. you know. But yeah. maybe if some of those
0: guys were punters or kickers what, somebody, in high school.
2: Somebody from the Riverhounds is going to come over? and. Uh, no, I mean, flingles? in high school,
0: like, Yeah, Oh, they always go steal one of the soccer players in high school. Yeah. yeah. Our high
1: school kicker was a buddy of mine that played soccer and ended up getting a full ride to Tulane. There you go. How about that? That's
2: all it's all about. What if he'd have been a long (laughs) snapper? That is going to do it. Tulane, a lot of people don't know. Uh, It it had a different name. Uh, It it was bought by PennDOT, which if you're listening out of market, that's the Pennsylvania Department of Public Transportation. Prior to that, it was four-lane. That's right. It was four-lane, and then PennDOT bought it, and now it's two-lane. Blocked it off. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> We're going to be here all week. It's getting and pretty bad, Mike, note, when I can you. finish your jokes for you. Try to veal. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: We're going to let Mike go. He that just the, the gong
1: that had taken him no. off stage? Yeah. yeah.
0: We will uh, talk to him again tomorrow when we're back uh, with the, the training camp report. Matt and I will be back with the second hour. We're going to play back that Kevin Colbert uh, interview in its entirety. We'll do that in the second hour here. But uh, after this, we'll get to uh, news and notes right after, uh, as soon as we come back. You're listening to the training camp report here on Steelers Nation Radio. And welcome back to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson, and we get uh, some news and notes here around the league as yeah. we look around and see who got hurt today. Yeah, basically what this is, yeah. Who got hurt? Who got signed? Uh, the Carolina Panthers signed former XFL receivers uh, Cam Phillips and Daryl Stewart Jr. Uh, Phillips was PJ Walker's favorite target for the Houston Roughnecks, who joins him now in. Carolina. P.J. Walker's
1: kind of interesting. I don't know anything about these receivers, but he was good player at Temple, was supposedly the best player in the XFL. Uh, him and Matt Rule were together at Temple. I mean, I, I would have loved to seen him in the preseason. Yeah. Perfect example of one of those type of guys.
0: Um, we talked about this earlier, but we should uh, talk about it again because the New York Giants are the Steelers' opening day opponent. And uh, rookie safety Xavier McKinney suffered a fracture to his left foot and will undergo surgery. Uh, he is basically done for the year. Very early second-round pick. It yeah, And uh, linebacker David Mayo, who was a 13-game starter for them a year ago, has a torn meniscus in his left knee. He's going to have a procedure. Uh, they're thinking he might be back on the field in three weeks, but that's going to be iffy. Yeah, that, that
1: defense isn't strong to begin with. I, I was reading some Giants stuff since we got together today, and I hadn't really put two and two together about how their style of play. I mean, their new defensive coordinator comes from Miami, which basically means he comes from New England. And they want to be coverage-centric, a lot of blitz. They don't have the guys to do it. They don't have
0: the guys to do it. They They just don't. They don't have the personnel. No. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians was asked about uh, Chris Godwin not practicing Wednesday. He said, uh, and he didn't practice Tuesday. It was his third day off in six days. Uh, and Arian said, that's for me to know and nobody else to find out. That <laughs> sounds like
1: a, a B.A. type of quote. These were huh?
0: not uh, – if you've missed three out of six practices or three three practices mm-hmm. in six days, you're dealing with something.
1: Dealing with something, yeah. yeah. But at least he's been back out there. They seem like they're testing it. I mean, there's going to be so many of those guys and all these poor people having their fantasy draft My coming up. My guess is and...
0: groin because groin, groin injury seem to be the injury of, uh, of the day yeah. or the week.
1: Uh, and that could be one of those injuries. Go test it today, Chris. Yeah. See, uh,
0: Speaking of which, uh, Bears running back David Montgomery left practice Wednesday with what is believed to be a groin strain, uh, but he was unable to walk off the field on his own. It um, could
1: you, be a big deal for them. Their running people, back oh, stable is horrible. Yeah. Not that he's a great player, but they're, they got nothing behind him. Yeah. I mean, if you see something like Devontae Freeman
0: signs with the Bears, well, wouldn't yeah. be a surprise. No, right. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks could potentially be re- reuniting with wide receiver Paul Richardson. Uh, no, wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's a former second-round pick of them. He's going to work out for the team uh, later this week and could sign. Uh, center Justin Britt, who started the pre- previous six seasons for the Seahawks, is also in town for a visit. You would think okay. that they know know so, each other pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh,
1: homecoming in Seattle, I guess, this weekend. It's a couple guys they drafted pretty high. They got a lot of snaps out of him in their day. I mean, bring back some of the, They would know the, the way Carroll does business. It's like the Steelers. Nothing's changed up there in a long time. You yeah. know. There's a lot of rumors about about Seattle, just because you mentioned them, that they may actually, some of the beat reporters have been saying, they think they're going to open up the offense finally this year.
0: I think it's something to keep an eye on. I don't believe it when I see I it. Say, I, I don't know think they want about to play that, that but, way for a reason. Right. Uh, speaking of the Seahawks, safety Jamal Adams did not take part in the team scrimmage Wednesday and was seen on Tuesday wearing a protective club on his left hand. A Ooh, protective
1: club. Protective club. Uh,
0: Coach Pete Carroll told the media Wednesday, these were products of Adams having a cut on his finger from a kitchen accident while slicing strawberries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope he recovers so well. be careful huh? while you're Fair slicing,
0: enough. though. That's a baseball injury. That is a baseball injury, yeah. <laughs> the old strawberry incident, yep. Yeah. Um, Arizona Cardinals <laughs> wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins is dealing with a hamstring running back Kenyon Drake uh, is continues to sit out uh, practice he's got a uh, walking boot on his foot hmm. um, Cliff Kingsbury told reporters he doesn't want either player practicing until they're 100 percent yeah I mean, he might I have to that. wait a while for that if he's waiting for him to be a hundred percent I get that but
1: you'd like Hopkins and and Kyler to play My together goodness, Drake yes. wouldn't worry me much yeah. and I do think Edmonds is a good backup for him.
0: Uh, Drake uh, Drake told reporters yesterday that uh, this isn't such a big deal. I had a walking boot on my other foot last year in training camp. Okay. Well, we saw what happened with the Dolphins. He was garbage for the Dolphins. Yeah, he didn't start a season strong. <laughs> no. No. Uh, New England Patriots running back Sonny Michelle underwent foot surgery in the offseason and has been on the pup list. Uh, he was able to practice on Wednesday and is officially off the pup list.
1: Boy, I-, I don't know for long. I mean, he seems like his body cannot handle the rigors. I think Damian Harris is going to be the guy there. I do as well. Uh, Sonny Michelle has just not proven to be very dynamic. That was a really bad draft pick. Yeah. First round. First
0: round running back. Right. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of running backs, our old friend Le'Veon Bell, uh, he was pulled out of uh, practice as a precaution, according to New York Jets coach Adam Gase, because his hamstring got a little tight. Bell, however, uh, later took to Twitter and said, uh, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings. Okay. Those two don't
1: like each other. Apparently not. Yeah. yeah, there's some. I don't think they trust each other. Friction. I don't think they like yeah. each other. Uh, Adam Gase to me would probably get my vote for first fired head coach this year.
0: I think he's high on the list. Yeah, and they're with the injuries that they've got there, they it could be bad. They could. Be Although really they're
1: bad. they're rumored to be one of the people in the the Ninduk- you know, sweepstakes, and they have the extra pick with Adams. I'm not sure that would change their fortune or season. That's not right. going to change anything for them. Or Gase's, you know, job security.
0: Yeah. Uh Raiders offensive tackle Trent Brown, who they gave a ridiculous amount of money yeah. two years ago. Uh is back at practice. He was out with an undisclosed issue. Okay. Uh he's a lot of human being. Yeah, he's
1: really good too. I mean yeah. sometimes he can, you know, put it in neutral, but when he's right and
0: he, he mashes you. Uh the Titans are signing running back Jeremy McNichols, not related to Christie. Ah. <laughs> He's
1: okay. I mean, he yeah. was a mid-round pick that didn't really do anything, and I guess their depth chart behind uh, the kid they drafted is a little questionable yeah, too. Henry and and I shouldn't know that off the top of my head. Uh, Darian, yeah, uh, Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans. Darrington yes. Evans. Yeah. App State.
0: Uh, Indianapolis Colts wide receiver uh, Paris Campbell hearing a little bit of buzz about him yeah, this I'm year. About him. He was in a minor car accident on his way to Umba. the team facility on Wednesday. And is in concussion protocol. Ah, well, I'm glad he's not one of the more injured. This is mean, one yeah. of the problems, you know. If you, if you if, if the Colts had their practice at a college campus like uh, St. Vincent hmm. College, do you have
1: any in mind for they would be able to you, handle? You something You don't like have that. to uh, drive to. Then we back work. and forth, and yeah.
0: be all bubbled up a little bit. You would be. Uh, the 49ers how to work out uh, today. Sources are ex- say they are expected to sign Broncos former Broncos wide receiver wide receiver River Craycraft. That's a name I wow, can, I don't know him. Yeah, they but also, they've been signing wide receivers left and right. Yeah, there's and they brought in Johnny Holton was one of the guys yeah, that they right, in right, to right. The previously mentioned uh Paul Richardson was also and there. That was one of names, well, Yeah. yeah. They have been they're, they're they're searching. They're going with River Craycraft instead. <laughs> okay. That's a heck of a name. <laughs> that is River a good Craycraft. one. River
1: Craycraft. River Cray Cray. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, the Cleveland Browns claimed another guy off of waivers. This one from the Bengals. They claimed uh, wide receiver Damian Willis. Uh, hmm. I think he's the K State
1: guy. A I couple believe years that ago. is the case. Like uh, yesterday they signed. Uh,
0: they, they claimed Weaver off of. Uh, yeah. off of the, when the Bron- or the uh, the not the Broncos, the Dolphins released him. He was a fifth round draft pick. The, the Dolphins were hoping to slide him on to to uh, mm-hmm. injured reserve, and that didn't happen. So now they're carrying a guy who's hurt. And they signed this guy from the Bengals. I mean,
1: like everybody, but I feel like, I mean, maybe this is looking too much into it, but it seems like the Browns are unhappy with the bottom of their roster right now. You know, they're kind of just grabbing people left and right from other teams,
0: which is odd for this environment and this NFL we're in right now. You, yeah. know? So you don't see much of that right you know, now. That, that's why I brought it up. It's, just, yeah. it's very strange to see, you don't see a lot of churning there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least, certainly not as much as usual. No. Uh, The Dolphins are hosting defensive end Avery Moss for a visit. He he is expected to sign with the team, provided he passes his physical and a COVID-19 test.
1: Okay. I mean, I know the name. I mean, he's nothing
0: special. Yeah. Okay. And finally, the Houston Texans are working out quarterback Cody Kessler. Running back CJ ProSice and wide receiver Ryan Grant. These are guys who are, these are all NFL guys. Yeah, yeah, right. These, these they, are guys who have been in the league for a while.
1: Yeah. I was a big, C, I was a, a ProSice fan there for a while. He was a really good receiver. He's had a, a myriad of injuries. Kessler just is not, uh, He's not, he's not a very toolsy, no, you know, great right. thrower. Um, I'm trying to think who their backup is even in Houston
0: right now. They still have, uh, what's his, uh, uh, A.J. Uh, oh, McCarron's there. Yeah. Right, right, right.
1: But may, I mean, Kessler would be an ideal practice squad, break and, you know, veteran he started guy. started some games. You yeah, know. right. Not I mean, well, but he started. Not them. well, but he could maybe get you out of a game.
0: You know, was he better than
1: Duck was last year?
0: You know what yeah, I mean? the interesting one there is prosice to me uh, because they've already got, like, three C.J. prosices. That is That's interesting. Their whole running back. All their running backs are, seri- are better catchers. receivers yeah. than runners. I think they're telling you something. I
1: think they might be right. Yeah. I think I think Watson's gonna throw the ball a lot. I think they're gonna throw it around a little bit. Yeah, even though they got rid of their best receiver. Right. I mean, they still have a good group of pass catchers. Yeah. They to see them in the shotgun. They went four from wide, having right? a back
0: last year that didn't catch any footballs. So mm-hmm. you know, you very rarely, very rarely saw them throw the ball to the running back when when they they had. Uh,
1: Hyde didn't catch any Hyde passes, right? Hyde right in the game. And yeah. they didn't use Johnson much. Yeah,
0: and all of a sudden they're going to, hey, we, we trade, made this trade a couple years ago for Duke Johnson. Why don't we try throwing him the ball? He had 50-plus catches a couple years Gave ago. Gave up Hopkins
1: us. for David Johnson. Maybe we <laughs> should throw him the ball too, right? Yeah, I bet their backs are – the plan, it sure looks like, is to throw the ball to running backs.
0: Yeah, it sure looks that way. Um, anyways, we're going to take a break here. Okay. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly, You're listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get to that uh, Kevin Colbert interview from earlier today. It could be the last time we hear the Steelers GM talk until, well, sometime next year. And, uh, well, that's always uh, something that you want to listen to when when he talks, you listen. Uh, and as we t- uh, referenced earlier in the show, lots of stuff in here if you read between the lines. And sometimes you didn't even have to. He just yeah, right. said stuff. So we'll get to that next right here on the Training Camp Report. Oh, man, I can picture the guy we're gonna hear from next, okay, in a leisure suit, boogieing to that song. Wow, way back
1: when. <laughs> wow, I'm
0: gonna have to ask him about that song. Uh, okay. Hey, Kevin, were you a uh, were you a disco kind of guy? Did you go to? You the, thinking like
1: '78-ish, something like geez, that? Somewhere
0: around there, yeah. Yeah, okay. You know, that that time period. Steelers and, winning like, Super Bowls and disco's rolling. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, back in the day, um, but. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, we're going to hear from Kevin Colbert. The Steelers GM spoke to the Assembled Media earlier today. Uh, Probably the last time we hear from him for quite a while. We'll see here as uh, things happen. Uh, But Steelers Training Camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store, the Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kevin Colbert, the official GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good and a good and, one. Yeah, and he's been a good one. He's done it for quite a while now. Here's what he had to say when he spoke to us earlier today.
3: Good morning, everybody. The first thing I'd like to do, and I know uh, Art Rooney acknowledged uh, Bill Nunn's um, acceptance, well, not quite acceptance into the Hall of Fame, but the nomination for the, as a finalist, as a contributor, and Coach Tomlin also mentioned it yesterday. But on behalf of the personnel department, um, we just really want to express our sincere congratulations to the family for this um, awesome recognition of a not only a great personnel guy, but a better person and a great mentor for all of us um, in our careers. Every person that Bill Nunn touched was a better person for that uh, contact. That Again, we're extremely grateful, and we, again, want to congratulate the family. Uh, other than that, I'm very open to any questions we have about what's going on with, uh, with the Steelers in 2020.
4: Okay,
2: first question is Mike <laughs> Pursuta. Mike, go ahead. Kevin, let's stay on the uh, Bill Nunn subject. You've got to have a great story about his uh, scouting, uh, the way he used to pull fast ones and uh, get, get around guys. Uh, give me your best one, preferably one that hasn't been beaten to death.
3: <laughs> well, you know, the John Stallworth story is, is one for the ages, um, and it, it's it's true. You know, we have John Stallworth as part of our ownership group, and we can talk to John about how that occurred, and when, you know, when he put together, when he was part of putting the best draft class in NFL history together, obviously we're the fact that they got John Stallworth in the fourth round and still had the other uh, five Hall or other four Hall of Famers come together with that group. Uh, it was an amazing piece of work. And, um, you know, again, long story short, John Stallworth works out cause we don't have pro days. Uh, John didn't run good. He didn't run great. Bill decides to stay for an extra day, talks John into rerunning. Um, he does. Um, and really I, You know, he told John he ran a better time. And, you know, whether John did or not, I don't know. I do know this, that Bill Nunn loved John as a player, and then he was going to make the best opportunity for John to become a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, which he did. You know, part of that legend also is that, you know, back in that day, there was only one copy of the film, uh, the team's game film, and he convinced the Alabama A&M coach that it might be best if he just takes that film back to Pittsburgh to show to Coach Noel and Art Rooney Jr., et cetera, et cetera. Uh, meanwhile, he's keeping it out of the hands of other participants, or other possible destinations for John, so great story. There's, there's just so many, and, and you know, Mike, you knew Bill. You met with Bill. Um, he was just that guy, and he could tell stories um, outside of football. I mean, his telling the story of taking Roberto Clemente to the airport um, right after the 1960 World Series is just one of many uh, interactions. He can drop Jackie Robinson's name, and, you know, he didn't say Jackie Robinson. He said, well, when I dealt with Jackie back in the day, or an entertainer, or Joe Louis, I mean, it was just never-ending. We always wanted him to write a book, but he just always felt like, "Now nah, we'll just leave some—we'll leave everything to— um,
4: his knowledge at that point. Next up, Dale Lawley. Dale, go ahead. Hey,
0: Kevin. Um, because of the pandemic, uh, do you foresee the team kind of pushing aside the rule that you don't negotiate contracts after the season starts? And if if not, where are you guys at in some of the, uh, the situations with, with uh, pending free agents at the end of the season?
3: Yeah, we haven't talked about amending our, um, you know, our policy. And again, that's an organizational policy um, that's been in, in place for a lot of years. So I don't anticipate that changing. Um, we'll continue to, to look at situations, and if one makes sense, we'll do it. As you guys know, we never talk about individual uh, negotiations, and you know, we have to leave it at that. But I don't anticipate us changing that under the current conditions
4: next up missy matthews from steelers media productions missy
0: go ahead hey kevin good morning just
4: curious with so little college football seems like that will be played this fall what
1: is your plan with the scouting department in terms of getting ready and scouting and for next year in terms of the draft
3: obviously you know with some conferences deciding not to play um, that's an issue at this point you know NFL personnel is still prohibited from visiting a college campus that was something that was handed down to us from the commissioner back in March um, during the pro day season and it's continued to be in effect and we respect that and understand it and we have to try to work around it all within the legality so the different um, the, the schools that are playing uh, we won't be able to visit but as of right now we can go to a game and we can attend the game either via credential or via a ticket. Uh, we try to minimize the air travel, and we, we have pretty good coverage um, with most of the guys doing some driving. We have to do some air travel, but we'll try to minimize it. So it's different, but it's the same for everybody, you know, in our league. So we just try to make the best of it.
4: Next up, Jerry Dulac. Jerry, go ahead. Yeah, good morning. Um, I'm curious, um,
0: is it your intention, the team's intention, to still try to sign Cam before the season starts? And where does that stand? Again, we never would, we never have
3: or never will talk about an individual negotiation. Um, as I said earlier, we're always looking at where we are, where we want to be, and not only in 2020, but we also have to keep in mind uh, what the future holds for us in 21, 2021 and beyond. And quite honestly, that's a that's a big unknown. Um, we don't know what we're dealing with in future caps. So we just have to be aware of that. But we also have to be aware of where we are in 2020 and if something makes sense, um, then we'd consider it. But at this point, again, as as always, that stuff stays in-house on an individual matter.
4: Next up, Ed Bouchette. Ed, go ahead. Hey, Kevin. Hey with everything with what your scouts have to go through and teams not playing in college, um, is that going to present maybe a crapshoot for the 2021 draft?
3: Yeah, you know what, Ed, everything is so unknown. Um, You know, the schools that aren't playing in the fall, they're hoping to play in the spring. And how does that affect um, a possible all-star game or combine situation? Nobody knows because until we get hard dates. Um, we just have to work under the assumptions that um, things haven't changed yet. Uh, in doing that, we got to cover the schools that are playing, and we also have to evaluate the schools that aren't playing on their film from 2019. If they play in, in the spring of 2021, then we can add that to our evaluation. So right now, we're just dealing with the known, and the known is that there's three Power Five conferences playing. There's a few outside, the power fives that are playing but there's two that aren't so we just have to keep adjusting accordingly and it could be um, bigger groups of guys to scout less we don't know at this point quite honestly and we'll wait for direction from the league as to um, you know further maybe taking away the or creating the ability for us to attend more than just games um, is there will they add an all-star game or even the combine we just have to
4: wait and see Joe Rudder, Joe, go ahead. Uh, you, you touched on this earlier, Kevin. With those reports that the cap could go down significantly next year, has that already? How much of a challenge is that, and has that hampered you with any do you might have want, wanted to get done already?
3: No, again, you know the league has set in place a 175 million dollar floor, so we know that's the the lowest it can go. Where it goes from there, nobody knows because no one can predict their their revenues at this point. None of us, um, especially people in my in my occupation, are going to try to do that. So we just have to operate with what we know. Uh, we have to again remind ourselves that this this affects 32 teams. It just doesn't affect one team. And again, how will that be reflective of what's doable or undoable in the future? None of us know. This is a A great unknown that um, over time it will resolve itself, and then we'll act
4: accordingly. Brooke Pryor. Brooke, go ahead. Hey, Kevin. uh, I was curious. I haven't seen Ryan Chazier out on the field. I know that he is on that reserve retired list, and it was said that he would have a role within the organization. What has that role been so far, and what do you guys envision uh, him doing going forward?
3: Yeah, you know, we spoke to Ryan prior to uh, moving into training camp. And Ryan doesn't have an official role uh, with the Steelers as we are right now. And he's very understanding of the current situation that we have to deal with. Uh, We only have a certain number of people that are available, uh, or a certain number of spots that are available in the Tier 1, Tier 2, or even the Tier 3 groupings. And Ryan understands that he won't be part of those groupings as, we're again, we're limited to people Um, within the organization of course, the media outside in that tier three. So right now, Ryan uh, Ryan will always be a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in an an official or unofficial capacity, but he also understands that we have to deal with uh, current 2020 business, which first and foremost is is this training camp, and he knows that um, even though he's not a part of it or being in the building, he's always going to be a part of us. The
0: needy, you're up next. The
4: needy, go ahead. Hi, Kevin. Uh, surely you saw what the Detroit Lions did yesterday. I'm wondering the climate that we are in, what's happening, what sort of conversations you've had with your players, your coaches, and your, your ownership group, really, and what we sort of could expect from the Steelers in regards to, again, the social climate out there right now. Yeah,
3: anything that occurs in, in the social justice, social climate world, um, obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers are aware of. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers always will talk about those um, types of issues in-house. You know, Mr. Rooney, Art Rooney has talked about how we deal with things. Coach Tomlin has dealt with um, this and made statements about his his taking on things like this. And those will always be discussed internally and then ultimately you know, Mr. Rooney, Art would give any directive if he is to. And at this point, you know, that's something that, again, uh, we're always aware of what's going on in the world, and we're always, you know,
4: going to discuss those issues. Will Graves, you're up next. Go ahead, Will. Big Kev. i um, just curious, without the revenue from fans being in the stands, are you guys searching for other ways to sort of make up for that this year? And then I guess on top of that, well, you guys have always been hard up against the cap. That's just your philosophy. Obviously, you're trying to to win and win now. Would you anticipate that changing? That philosophy changing in terms of the money you could spend if you don't have the monies you would normally have available to you?
3: Yeah, you know the the, the uh, revenue creation. That's that's something um, that's not under my under my umbrella, so to speak. Obviously, that's again arts uh, deal. I always tell the marketing folks, "Hey, look, you know, make us some money so I can spend it." And this year is obviously a huge challenge for everybody. And how are we going to? Um, how are we going to best uh, make make ourselves um, profitable? And nobody knows because we don't know what rules uh, we're going to be working under as the fall unfolds. So again, that's something that's out of my realm. Um, but I have to understand that there there are issues, uh, and we have to react accordingly. Be ready as a personnel department to say, okay, under these circumstances, this is what we recommend we do. And again, collectively, um, Art will give us that direction. And again, we'll, we'll, we'll act accordingly.
0: Lots of interesting stuff there from Kevin, Kevin Colbert thus far, uh, but the, this is a long interview, and we did want to uh, break it up a little bit. Yeah, um, Last so time we're here from him for a while. So. It is the right. last time we're going to hear from him for a while, so we're going to continue uh, with playing this back uh, on the other side of the break. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back with more Kevin Colbert right after this. And welcome back to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. You heard the first part of the Kevin Colbert interview with the Assembled Media earlier today uh lots of good stuff here this thing did go very long though so we yeah
1: you got a lot of questions answered
0: right we did and we, and we were even allowed to ask follow-up questions today lots wow of, look at that wasn't just huh? one wow usually we get one or two follow-up questions there were a bunch of follow-up questions in this one uh thank goodness for that <laughs> uh, but i think we were kind of cut off at a half an hour but this thing is a half an hour long let's get to the second portion of what kevin colbert had to say earlier today
4: albie you're up next albie go ahead
2: hey kevin how you doing
3: Great.
2: Um, I know you, you, what you were just saying about you don't know how things are going to play out. Uh, as of now,
0: what do you think the situation with fans will be? Can you provide any detail, specific details, since we're inside three weeks to the start of it?
3: Really, I can, Albie. Again, that would that type of information uh, would come from Mr. Art Rooney and Mr. Art Rooney only. Um, he keeps us abreast as to what. Um, we're feeling but again, any kind of announcement that would have to come directly from him.
4: Noah, you're up next. Noah, go ahead. Hey Kevin, going back to the draft, um, to find guys like Kevin Dotson without or with bare minimum playing and no FCS schools playing, you know, is that even possible? And if so, how do you find those types of guys next year?
3: Well, you know, Kevin Dotson, you know, we, we had some all-star game exposure to him. We had a full season of, of college football to evaluate. Um, he wasn't at a combine. We didn't go be able to go to his, we weren't able to go to his pro day. So we just had to rely on what we thought of him as a football player from the the three scouts that went in and saw him during the season. Um, So that player was evaluated. I can't say he was evaluated fully because we didn't have that pro day or even a physical on the young man. Uh, As we move into this year. the guys that are playing will be able to give us some type of 2020 film, which quite honestly, I will be much more comfortable in evaluating a player that plays in 2020 more so than the guy that doesn't. Um, when you take over you know, a year plus maybe two, three months off the game of football, um, I don't know what kind of player you're going to be coming out of it. So any way that a young man can play uh, this given season, I think it'll benefit him because we will, again, have newer, fresher, um, and a better understanding of what he may be moving into the NFL.
4: Follow-up from Joe Rudder. Joe, go ahead. Yeah, Kevin, for the, for the kids in college that have opted out of this season, do you to get a look at them? Would you have to wait to the combine, or could you you know, test these guys earlier and evaluate them?
3: Yeah, anybody that wasn't draft eligible uh, moving into the season um, it's still – it, 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 seniors rising seniors are draft eligible. now with um, the new rule that the NCAA is pushing through granting that extra year of eligibility, a lot of those guys may opt in for that extra year. So we have to be aware of them. The only underclassmen that we can look at at this point without being officially included into the uh, into the NFL draft are those players that were designated by their head coaches, through an agreement with the AFCA, which allows us to evaluate them as underclassmen. Um, Until a player is deemed draft eligible by the National Football League, we cannot do anything with them uh, other than to evaluate him from afar and um, just watch how he plays.
4: Okay, just as a reminder, uh, if you wanna raise your hand or anything like that, we will get to you here shortly. Next up is Ed Bouchette. Ed, go again. Go ahead again. Kevin, uh, kind of a follow-up there uh, to my previous question. Is this going next year going to test the skill of uh, your scouts and all the scouts, really, the personnel departments around the league more than ever because of what's going on?
3: Yeah, I think it will, Ed, because it, it will be different. Just like this past draft was different, um, This one will be even more different because of uh, some schools playing and some schools not playing. Uh, But again, like I reminded the guys um, this past draft that listen guys, we have to do the best we can under the circumstances. Uh, There are no excuses. Um, We have to find the best players we can under any circumstances. That's our job. Uh, And again, you know, the great Bill Nunn and Bart Rooney Jr. and, Dick Haley, I mean, they did that under the circumstances in 1974, and again, we can all look at that result and understand that that's a great example of what can be done with less information or different types of information than we may have available to us, so we'll take that challenge, and we'll do the best we can.
4: A few more questions here. Brooke, Breyer with the follow-up. Brooke, go ahead. Kevin, just curious, how concerned are you about that rash of COVID false positives that happened over the weekend? And do you guys have some contingency plans or how much does it help to have something like that happen before the regular season starts to figure out what the protocol would be if that were to occur on a game day or a game weekend? Yeah, I mean, fortunately,
3: it happened still while we were all in a training camp mode. Anytime any any system goes awry, we try to find out what it was. It's not us, but the, the league did. Um, they were comfortable with their findings and we were comfortable in knowing that they will obviously work to avoid these in the future, but what, can we, what else can we learn? We tried to act within the rules and we, we did act within the rules. And now what can the league do to avoid those types of things and make it a better system moving forward? So again, fortunately, Uh, It happened in a time where it did cost us a few players in practice, but it didn't cost us any games. And what we learned from this, maybe we'll save those
4: games in the future. Jerry Dulac with follow-up. Jerry, go ahead. Kev, from what you've seen at the training camp, uh, with all the limitations uh, surrounding you and every team, uh, no preseason games, um, will your young guys, particularly your draft choices,
2: are they or will they be able to get enough work to be – uh, contributors, or be able to evaluate them to be contributors?
3: Yeah, you know, when we went into this year, I mean, really, we compressed uh, a rookie camp, uh, an OTA, a mini camp, a training camp into this period and had to do it under different rules and circumstances. So we knew it would be challenging for those young players. Um, as coaches said often, we missed we missed over 900 snaps of learning from the spring. And how those players can and will contribute moving into 2020. Only time will tell. It's a bigger challenge for them. Um, you know, a few of these guys are taking that step and doing some really positive things. But again, without a preseason game, um, how do we know that just because somebody on offense is doing good that maybe we're just deficient on defense or vice versa? So um, we're going to learn a lot in that first regular season game against the Giants because we haven't got to see us ourselves against other competition. So sure it is a bigger, it's a bigger hill for those young players uh, to climb. Unfortunately we got a pretty veteran group coming back Um, and the time they miss it might be less um, effective than it might be on the, on the younger group. So again, we'll try to just see where everybody ends up. um, but We won't know until that first game.
4: Aditi with a follow-up. Aditi, go ahead. Kevin, you spent the entire offseason being incredibly bullish on Ben Roethlisberger. And Ben told
3: us a few weeks ago that he doesn't believe any quarterback has ever suffered this injury and had this surgery and come back. And we actually just saw this morning that this legitimately
4: could have been a career-ending injury. Why so bullish? Why were you so sure? That he would be 100% committed to coming back to doing the rehab and looking the way that he's
3: looking right now. Hey, Aditi, before I address that, I did want to go back on you know, you reminded me, um, because it was your question on the social justice issue. You know, as an organization, we will come to um, an understanding of the current situation. And again, Mr. Rooney, I, we don't like to say a directive from him, but the suggested behavior of. Uh, or what the organization how the organization would address it, but that would be upon recommendations from not only myself, Coach Tomlin, the players, and, of course, um, the Rooney. So I I think that I just wanted to clarify that. Um, Along with the Ben stuff, uh, really, we have said all along, we were under, obviously, we had some information on how the surgery went. We were confident how the rehab was going. Uh, We were encouraged by how Ben uh, was so positive in this whole uh, issue. The thing I kept saying is we might have a better quarterback moving forward because at his age, with without one year's work or wear and tear on his on his legs, on his body, and with maybe a healthier arm coming out of this, that this guy could actually be a better quarterback than he's been, and that's exciting. To this point, uh, it's been great. Um, he's had. Um, You know, physically he looks great. He's still working on some timing issues uh, because really some of the younger players he hasn't played a lot with. Uh, Even, you know, Chase Claypool obviously is a rookie, but Deontay Johnson, you know, Ben spent part of a training camp and, you know, uh, some preseason work in a a game and a half, Um, but that's not a lot. So again, Eric Ebron, brand new guy. So he's he's figuring out that timing, but
4: physically uh, we feel great about where he is. Two more questions, follow-up
2: from Mike in pursuit of Mike, go ahead. Kevin, uh, given the COVID climate, would you be more inclined to keep NFL ready guys or guys who have some experience in the league on the practice squad, as opposed to developmental players that that might be a couple years away?
3: Yeah, you know, Mike, a few weeks, I mean, right before when we got the new rules and understanding that the veteran players, um, up to six veteran players can be part of your practice squad. That changed our thinking because quite honestly, when we look for players that we call futures that we sign in the off season, if they don't have practice squad eligibility, it's a little, we're less, we're a little reluctant to sign those types because they either make your team or they don't. With this now a possibility, uh, we decided let's look for that young veteran that if he doesn't make your team, he could be, um, eligible for your practice squad. That was part of the reasons we signed the Curtis Rileys and um, uh, Smallwood, the Smallwoods because they are that veteran player that is now eligible uh, for a practice squad. Not to say those guys are destined to a practice squad, but at least we have those options. So it is a different world. We've tried to expand um, our thinking along those ways to make sure that um, the practice
4: squad that we do come up with is the best practice squad it can be. Okay, last one from Dale
0: Lawley. Dale, go ahead. Kevin, you referenced the, uh, the $175 million floor potential for next year. Um, is there a potential that, A, that could be ne- negotiated back up again? Because $175 million would be pretty devastating for, for the about half the teams in the league, would it not? I mean, you've got some teams that would be pretty far over that cap next year.
3: Yeah, well, we know that that's as low as it can go. And, you know, in my mindset, I have to always operate from that point up. Um, You know, if you get, if if that changes over time and we don't know what time that is, um, none of us can predict that at this point. Um, So we have to operate with that understanding. But we also understand that it's not, it's something that, as you mentioned, there's a lot of teams in the league that will be affected by it. So, again, we're focused on 2020. Let's get the best results that we can now. But when we do that, we're always thinking about 21, 22, 23, and so on and so forth. Uh, We're never going to sell this thing out completely. Uh, The win, we think we have a nice team. We're going to make the best effort we can now, and then we'll keep moving forward and try to uh, be as competitive as we can be in every given season.
0: And that was it, Matt. That was uh, all Kevin Colbert had to say today. Plenty, uh, though. Plenty. There was That's lots there. Stuff, lot of stuff, right. A lot of meat on the bone to chew on there. Um, I think we hear from the quarterback tomorrow, right? We do hear from Ben Roethlisberger uh, early tomorrow good. morning. Um, I will be down at practice, so I won't be joining you for the drive. Fact, oh, right. I will be down. Well, no, I guess I won't be down there on Friday, but I'll be. I'll be back here with you on Friday for the drive, but I will be here tomorrow night for the training camp report. Okay. And so we don't we, have a Friday
1: training camp report. We
0: do not. That's going to be a live practice uh, at uh, Heinz Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have Tunch and Wolf Friday night bringing you all the action from that one. Yes, sir. Good yeah. stuff. It was yeah. a good show today. We are having fun. We are watching football. We are talking <laughs> football. Uh, but this has been the training camp report on Steelers Nation Radio. He is Matt Williamson. Uh, for him, I say goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, We already said goodbye to Mike Pursuta earlier in the show, and we want to say thanks to Wesley Euler for keeping us on the air and making sure everything runs smoothly. And we want to thank you for listening to this edition of the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.